There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. Hello and welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Hey. Hey. How you doing? You know, I'm fantiferific, if you will. <laughs> I'm really good, too. This is a very special episode. Yes. We have a very special guest that we are excited to bring to our listeners today. Yes. And who is it? Drumroll, Drum please. Drumroll, please. All right. Well, we have Mr. Laird. Nevin, on the line. How's it going, Laird? Just great. How are you guys? Uh, we are wonderful. So pleased to talk to you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually an honor. So thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, we got some questions for you, if you don't mind uh, answering some and just chatting us about Oak Island and uh, archaeology, right? Yep. <laughs> All right, cool. So, Laird, well, first question we have is, growing up, did you ever think that you'd be a TV star with millions of people hanging on to your every word? <laughs> it was the farthest thing from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of balk at the at the word star, but uh, anyway. No, people love you, man. Yeah, like uh, you're you're a big hit on the show. You know, you're one of the fan favorites. Archaeology <laughs> leading into television, you know, that's not a normal path unless uh, Indiana Jones, or right? Whatever, right. So what uh, inspired you to get into archaeology as a youngster, and then? Kind of how did that lead to Oak Island? I wasn't actually that young. I was 22, 23, just got married. I had a degree in anthropology and decided to do kind of do some upgrading. I uh, went to a lecture at St. Mary's University, which we all know. Yes. Uh, it was an archaeologist from St. Mary's, and he described what he was doing, and it was just like a light was turned on. Uh, and I went, that's what I want to do. And the next year I got into his courses and I wheedled my way into his uh, inner circle and started working with him. And that's how I got into archaeology. Nice. Wow, that was the aha moment, if you will. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> that's really cool. That one moment led, pushed down a domino that, you know, continued to play out your career and ultimately end up on the biggest cable TV show of all times. Or, you know, <laughs> so it's a pretty a unique path, pretty unique path. Pretty awesome, though. All right. Uh, so, hey, are you recognized everywhere you go? Um, you get a lot more people that recognize you and don't say anything. Aha. Uh -huh. Right. Because um, you'll see people kind of turn their heads and know they know you from somewhere. Yeah, there are people that come up and they'll say, oh, you're there. <laughs> Do you ever just say, no, I'm not? No, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> but they will say, I know you from somewhere. <laughs> so That's you kind of have to lead them on. So. How or when did you first learn about Oak Island and the mystery? Like, was that something around you for a long time or? So it was around in the backgrounds until, um, you know, Dan Blankenship took over. He's really the person that in the 70s that got it into the newspaper. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't, you know, I wasn't super into it. You know, I was still relatively young. Uh -huh. uh, so it was it was really Dan Blankenship that I first remember, you know, reading in the newspaper. And then I read about these about the same time I did work for uh, Fred Nolan and, and Dan Blankenship. Um, I read about these crazy guys from Michigan who were going to take <laughs> over. <laughs> so you did some stuff there before Marty and Rick even showed up, huh? It turns out it was about the same time. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So like 11 odd years ago. So you kind of just been hanging around ever since? Yeah, I think that's how I got involved. I think my name came up because of that. And and I just get, get a call from Jason Shook from production asking if I'd be interested to work with him. You mentioned that like you weren't really interested in it before, which is kind of interesting to me because uh, around the world, a lot of us are really intrigued by it and being so close to the island. Was there a reason you kind of weren't? <laughs> um, it just, it wasn't, uh, it was more of a, like Dan was more of a straightforward kind of guy. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of hyping the pirate treasure, although they did have, you know, they had the museum and things there. Mm -hmm. um, so it just wasn't part of my life at that time, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right. So right now on the show, you're one of the most critical members of the team. They need you and your credentials to continue work sometimes in some of the areas. Do you feel pressure with that kind of responsibility? 
Oh yeah, there's a lot of pressure because you know, especially so this time of year, I have to finish reports. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the only one who I work under permit, okay. and um, I have to submit reports to the province for each permit that I take out. So that's four last year. And if they don't accept the permits, they could reject my next application to get a permit. Oh. If I can't work, it kind of screws things up. How long does it take for you to get permits? I hear it's a long time. No, it's only about two weeks, two working weeks. So 10 days, more or less. Oh, that's pretty good. Wow. That's surprising. The people at Oak Island Tours have uh, built up a really great relationship with the province. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of, they, they kind of fast track things for us, which is nice. That is nice. Sometimes it's about who you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's super cool. We can tell that when you get excited, uh, but you're really good at holding that in. Mm-hmm. What finds or discoveries got you excited this past year? Yeah, it's funny. I get into a lot of trouble because people say, people actually accuse me of not knowing anything. I won't immediately come out with what something is or what a date is because yeah. I have to think about these things. Yeah. Um, this year, what got me most excited was obviously the Ball Foundation, the Ball site working in there. That was that was really cool. And then what was coming out, Ian Spooner's conclusions in the swamp, because he, he Ian came in as a skeptic mm-hmm. and, and figured he would just go in, get his results and leave. And I can tell you, he's still working in the swamp as we speak. Wow. It's the, the conclusion, the, the, the data that's coming out of the swamp, I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's impressive stuff. Uh, we saw in the most, on the season finale that uh, Steve Guptill, your surveyor, has mm-hmm. said that uh, they had done some more work uh, drilling or what digging down in mm-hmm. the uh, swamp. And they figured that it was nearly rectangle shape at like 80 by 170 feet. Is yeah, that right? for the paved area. For the paved area. Yeah, that's so that's like super interesting. Like, like what? <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. That, that's crazy. I mean, kind of knowing that now that Dr. Spooner is a skeptic and he hasn't left yet. You yeah. haven't left yet. And knowing. <laughs> so if I were to ask you if you were a Rick or a Marty, I'm willing to guess you were you're a Marty. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely a Marty or an Alex. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, more of a skeptic until until Smith's Cove. Okay. So what was it at Smith's Cove that was your defining moment? Uncovering the U-shaped structure and realizing how massive it was and what an undertaking it was, Mm -hmm. which obviously leads to the question, why is it there? Exactly. Um, And then the slipway as well. Slipway kind of truncates the the U-shaped structure, Mm -hmm. so they're related. And then just seeing the the dendro dates from... The two of them was kind of mind blowing. I would agree. <laughs> uh, I mean, 1760s, that's pretty, pretty impressive yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so what do you think? We know we had the like the Roman numerals carved into the U-shaped structure. Yeah. And we see wood come out of said money pit area with Roman numerals. And it's a Marca Palooza per Terry. It's Whoa. a Marca Palooza. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> Do you think that's kind of a definitive link between the two structures? I would, uh, I'd hate to rain on Terry's parade, but I'm, I'm not convinced that they're Roman numerals. Really? I was there when they found them. They're not the same as Smithsco. Really? Yeah, okay. Well, they look like they're, you know, deliberate little marks, but I mean, hey, you're there, not us. So. <laughs> they're a little too close to the edge and they're normally they'd be in the middle of the, of the timber. Okay. Mm, look at that, a little, little extra there. Yeah, that's cool. As far as the Roman numerals on the U-shaped structure, I'm dying to know, in your opinion, <laughs> are, are we looking at a boat slip? You get spot number one, or as we like to call it, the Lincoln log theory of, you know, you number your logs and say one goes here, two goes here. Yeah. What are your thoughts? It's the Lincoln log theory. Yeah! yeah we like that. Oh, bingo! Like yeah, that was very. We we have references of uh, when the loyalists came up in the 1780s to Nova Scotia from New York and Boston. They brought prefabricated timber frame houses, 
and they were marked like that so they would go back together easily because each notch is custom right mm-hmm. for sure the early prefab houses <laughs> i'm in real estate that fascinates me <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's kind of like a, a prefab uh coffer dam or a prefab uh you know whatever whatever it was yeah because you, know, you know we don't know we've nope. been arguing the lincoln log theory for a while so for sure yeah no, it's definitely, it was a common building technique back then. That's great. That's cool. Prior seasons of the Curse of Oak Island, what, what do you think is, you know, like for the show, I'm like, I'm not before Rick and Marty kind of came to the island, but since the show started, what do you think are the biggest finds prior to this year? You know, we had the coin in the swamp. We mm-hmm. had uh, Drayton's Cross, right? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, what, uh, what do you think is the biggest find? Well, kind of sets archaeologists apart and kind of makes us sticks in the mud is mm-hmm. what we call context. Mm-hmm. So finding a coin in a swamp with no idea how it got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cross is much the same. Yeah. We, yes, could be old, but someone could have kept it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we've been saying to each other, too. Like, you know, it's great that it was found. It's it's an amazing find, but... If somebody, if it's an heirloom, somebody gets off a boat and drops it, you know, in the sand and it gets covered up for 200 years, even if it's 13 from the 1300s, mm-hmm. you know, if it was dropped there in the 1800s, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's a big deal, but it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a, a very similar one found in New Brunswick um, in an archaeological context, 17th century. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the Oak Island tours and province of New Brunswick are having the two looked at together. That's great. That's really cool. Yeah, I think I saw a picture of that on a Facebook group recently, this uh, lead cross that was found in New Brunswick. So mm-hmm. Pretty neat. Yeah. What On the flip side of that, can I ask, what do you think is the most overhyped find? <laughs> you know, I'd probably say, I, I'd say anything they have, they have pictures of, but they don't actually have. Yep. Like the HO stone? The 90-foot stone, Zena Halpern's map, things like that, you know, I because I can't use that as evidence. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that's why you get someone like uh, who we call the Swamp Doctor, Ian Spooner. Exactly. You know, you yeah. get him to come in there and, and date those little twigs between the rocks. I mean, they they couldn't get there by themselves, right? Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And kind of, that, I'm hoping that's a focus whenever the season restarts. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully sooner than later, <laughs> but. Now, the next question I have on my list is lot 21 versus lot 25. McGinnis versus Ball. Which lot do you prefer? And I, I know you said Ball earlier. You you really enjoy working there. But, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in both places, right? Yeah. For, well, McGinnis, we have lots of uh, photographs of the house. Uh, we have aerial photographs. So we can we can learn a lot. Um from that property. But my background is kind of black loyalist archaeology. Oh. Uh, and Samuel Ball spent two years in the place that I grew up. So yeah, it's kind of it's Samuel Ball. <laughs> it's home. That's Absolutely. Cool. I'm totally uh I'm rooting for Samuel Ball. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I really hope he got a big chunk of treasure. I hope he left some behind. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I'm rooting for him. Yeah. I hope you can find proof that he had some kind of treasure because right. it'd be a real bummer if he did. And then we never, ever could figure it out. It's a tough one. <laughs> I believe it. I believe so it. are are we going to be revisiting from. So last year, Dustin had to hear me complain about not going back to where you originally found the pottery and such over on uh, lot 25. Yeah. And I was like, when are we going back there? When are we going back there? Or why didn't we go back there sooner? Were we waiting on permits or? Uh, for 25? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, it just didn't come up again. <laughs> oh, I needed closure <laughs> on what was going on I, there. It's not forgotten. It's um, it's like literally a stone's throw away from Sammy Ball Foundation, right? Okay. So it's, yeah. lot 20, it's lot 24, I think. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just had to listen to her all last year. You know, we would uh, I think it was one of the earlier episodes of the show from season six. And 
uh, you were doing some work in the Ball Foundation. Then she's like, well, when are they going back? When are they going back? I'm like, they'll get around to it. Don't worry about it. They haven't forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's 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 intent to do archaeology even if the show doesn't continue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The it's a, the show itself is just, as a phenomenon, is just amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I had heard about Oak Island when I was a child, and I would read about the mystery in some, I don't know, just kitty books. I don't remember exactly which one, but it's just amazing that I had interest in it as a child myself. I looked into it as a young adult, and then as an adult, now it's like this biggest TV show. It's just, exactly. it's kind of crazy. And this is a little bit of land in Nova Scotia. <laughs> yeah, it just, it resonates with so many people. It really does. Yeah, well, it the treasure hunt is fascinating and exciting, but the people, yeah, you know, that's what get, gets everybody to come back. The, people love you guys. They love, they love you. They love Terry. They love Rick. They mm-hmm. love Jack Bagley. You know, you guys are all like, I don't know, what are they? They're a team. They're the fellowship. They're, you guys are the fellowship, and people just love the camaraderie. And it's, it's too bad because even what they show is only the tip of the iceberg of what gets done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we saw you got um, after the season wrapped. We I think in November we saw a picture with I think you, Terry Matheson, uh-huh. Steve Guptill, Dave Blankenship, all with like these sweet jackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was December twenty seventh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> wow, that you pulled that right yeah. out of your head real quick. <laughs> He's an archaeologist. He's all about dates. He knows okay? the things. Yeah. yeah, we got a call and and saying that. Uh, you know, Rick wanted to get everybody presents and that they were at the interpretive center. So if we wanted to come down, oh, come down and see them. I knew Rick was looking at different things. Uh huh. Wasn't really sure what it was, and and uh, yeah, that's we, we we saw those jackets uh, at that time. So they're, they're pretty legit. You're yeah. an official treasure hunter if you have a jacket <laughs> that says so. Yeah, it's just it's really uh, it's difficult for an archaeologist to wear a jacket that says treasure hunter. <laughs> so you're telling me you haven't worked on any other treasure hunts then well we're not supposed to hunt for treasure gotcha it's a it's that's a, right. a well it's that's a, a for me personally it's a touchy subject in the archaeology community being yeah. involved in Oak Island. so yeah that, that's a real, like personally that's kind of a bummer because i was going to ask you you know since we're friends now <laughs> i was going to say hey laird i um like we're treasure hunters, Deidre yes. and I. Like we yes. go and we've hunted for treasure all over the country in the United States. And um, like we were featured on a TV show a couple months ago, mm-hmm. uh, digging for buried treasure as well. But uh, one place that we want to dig is uh, where they had the first flight in North Carolina. That's right. And we yeah. filled out an application to to you know get a permit to dig, and we got immediately rejected because the first thing on the list is you have to have a degree in archaeology or anthropology and so we didn't fulfill that requirement so they threw us out yeah <laughs> so we were hoping you know we're like hey laird hey laird you're gonna come help us right I know, like a <laughs> one foot by one foot spot we can find some treasure yeah no he's not a treasure okay <laughs> in north carolina i don't think <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's see here all right so hey nova scotia itself is very rich with history from the native peoples european settlements pirates etc so like what is your favorite uh, to focus on in your line of work i mean or do you focus you just kind of go to a place and then you start digging in whatever's there is there right well so the majority of my career is doing what they call cultural resource management so i was a contractor and if, uh, if they had to put in a highway or a bridge or a building, they'd call the archaeologists in and, uh, and, and make sure that there, nothing of value was destroyed, right? There wasn't a lot of focus with that because you just took whatever job it was for whatever era it was. But I was lucky in that I could focus um, early on on the black loyalists. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right, yeah. But I also did a lot of work in, in a place we called DeBert, which unfortunately was part of the mass shooting that we had last week. But it's the home of the oldest sites in Nova Scotia. Um, so I've worked there, and those sites are about 12,000 years old, which is really, really cool. 12,000 years old. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, we're really sorry for your community, by the way. You know, a couple right. episodes ago on our uh, podcast, we expressed our condolences. You know, it's, uh, that's, that's heavy stuff to go with. Yeah. Yeah. 
sorry about that. But yeah, 12,000 year old sites, that's got to be pretty exciting to, you know, work through. Is uh, So do you find a lot of like native artifacts, like uh, the Micmac uh, peoples and whatnot? They, so this is kind of almost pre-Mi'kmaq. It was, these are the people who were literally following the glaciers. As the glaciers receded, they were coming in here. Uh, and then there was a point at which the glaciers came back and kind of drove them away. Mm. And then the Mi'kmaq came in. But yeah, it's 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 a fascinating time period. I totally believe it. Okay, let's see. Actually, I wanted to ask, as far as the theories that are out there go, there's a lot of them. Is there one you particularly favor, lean towards? What does your gut say? Come on. I don't do a lot of theories. <laughs> I know, but if you but, have but, to. Um, so you get people like uh, Chip Reed mm-hmm. and James McQuiston yep. who are focusing on the 17th century, the 18th century in there. Um, I have a lot of time for that. Okay. Um, because we have evidence that points to those time periods. Uh Um, Templar, not so much. Roman, not at all. (laughs) But Norse, Norse, Norse I can live with. We know the Norse were probably here. Don't have any evidence of it. But that's a theory. That's a theory that's plausible. Uh Yeah. But my gut right now is in, in the 17th century. So we're imagine you're bombarded with questions wherever you wherever you go. Um, is there anything that you're surprised you haven't been asked? Like something that might be, yeah, you know, you think, why don't people ask about that? Actually, no. Mm-hmm. Um, people are pretty thorough <laughs> in what they <laughs> ask. I mean, then, to a fault, right? Yeah. So then are there any you're surprised you've been asked? Not surprised I've been asked. I'm one of the things I always wanted to clear up is that I, I always get accused of working for the government. <laughs> so the big difference between Americans and Canadians is Americans seem to have a, a real um, distrust of governments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so they kind of spit that out that I work for the government, assuming I'm controlled by the government, but I actually don't. I wish I did. yep so could uh put that rumor to rest huh yeah don't work for the canadian government canadian government doesn't even know any works going on in (laughs) Ogarland. okay (laughs) besides the permit department no that's only the province oh private private land so the federal government has no idea what's going on well, you pull up the Ark of the Covenant or something, you know. They get, might they're, know. They're gonna they're gonna start peeking over your shoulder. <laughs> I always think of how pissed my wife would be if I had to take the Ark of the Covenant home and keep it in the basement for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that thing. <laughs> I've seen the movies. <laughs> well, um, you know that's actually funny that uh, we mentioned that because we just started a new line of our Oak Island trading cards featuring. Mm. Um, Oak Island Heroes. Yeah, the Oak Island Heroes. And we've uh, put, we've made you guys into superheroes. And how you got your powers is, there's <laughs> there's actually like a story in a card that uh, it's the Money Pit card. And in the story, you guys have retrieved the Ark of the Covenant. You open it up, it knocks everybody down, you get up and you're suddenly superheroes. <laughs> no pressure, but no. yeah. Are. We actually haven't made your card yet. What superpower do you want? Oh, God. Well, I need to see into the past, right? See into the past. Oh, that's good. I like time that. travel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, There's consider it done. <laughs> done. Okay, but for that to happen, you have to wear a hat less to make my job easier. Oh, yeah. okay. And she has a tough time uh, getting your hat out of the After image. After photoshopping. Yeah, she has to photoshop air onto you. I don't know. One of the things we were going to ask you is about your hats. Like, uh, you, you wear a, a, it's a soccer hat, right? Manchester United, right? No, Newcastle. Newcastle. See, I'm just guessing here. I, I'm an MLS person. Oh, not, right. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. Um, this hat, the one I wore, wore the first in season four, belonged to my father-in-law, mm. who had died. And he was born in Newcastle. And so I just kind of wore it for him 
right? And then it's kind of snowballed into this. I, I get a lot of comp a lot of people from Newcastle uh, just thrilled that I'm wearing the hat. So oh, that's awesome. That's neat. The one I wore last year was sent from Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of known for it now. Yeah, I know. It's difficult. I, when I go out for a walk, I go, ah, I should wear the hat. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, they may not recognize you if you take the hat off. <laughs> I try. I actually experimented with that and someone did. So <laughs> that's funny stuff. You know, you, do you have any, do you guys pull any pranks on each other on the island? That's a good question. There are no, there are, you know, so Gary is the ultimate joker, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. He's constantly joking, but we don't, there aren't a lot of physical pranks. You know, I know. Uh, not that I can think of. I know the crew, the crew gives me a hard time about uh, Indiana Jones constantly. <laughs> sure, of course. Sure. How many Nazis have you killed today? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. For the most part, it's, it's actually quite tame. Not a lot of practical jokes. That's, that's, of, that's too bad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of fun between everybody. There's a lot of ribbing and a lot of teasing and mm. things like that. But, yeah. Deidre had thought up uh, the best practical joke that you can do, like on April Fool's Day. Uh, maybe, maybe you could steal it from her and go and do it on the island next year. Oh, yeah. With the uh, hammer grab so that you can you stick it down the case on. And you, but you need a, a giant Costco-sized bear in it because, you know, it's <laughs> like a claw. Yes. You know? And you get everybody all excited to come out and, you know, you have this, like, dirt-covered bear. bear. It would be <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> uh, we hear uh, Scott put a skeleton in it uh, one year. Yeah. Was that two years ago? I don't know. He said one year on uh, April Fool's, he... Uh... Really? That's a real thing? Yeah, that's oh, what he I, said. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> I know they were... They were. I wasn't part of that. I know they were picking pieces of it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny, though. It'd be pretty bad if that showed up on the wash table. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Okay, so what are kind of some of your favorite moments with the fellowship? Favorite moments? Oh, that's a tough one. It's too many, right? We ask the hard questions around here. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really difficult to describe. I mean, you call it a fellowship, and that's really what it is, right? Um, so two years ago, I was only there part-time. Yeah. Uh, last year, I was there full-time. I really enjoyed every minute. You know, it, it, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of long hours and things like that. Um, but looking back, you know, I just want to go back. And I want to have everybody there. The crew, the whole camera crew, and all those guys, uh, and and the uh, and everyone else. I just really miss them all. You know, favorite moments. It, it's kind of one. Everything rolled into one. I love. You know, I keep. You know, I remember I said I shouldn't. I'm not a treasure hunter, but mm -hmm. I'm sitting there forever as I'm digging, thinking, okay, if I just can get one gold coin <laughs> next day. <laughs> you know so i mean this season finding what we found at the ball foundation was probably a highlight we were pretty skeptical there were problems with the gpr mm -hmm. and what you didn't see when jack was digging was that billy gerhardt was meters away with his backhoe ready to dig it up <laughs> i have no doubt oh man well when you ask Jack, if he wants a trowel, oh, yeah. he's like digging with his hands, <laughs> and you're yeah. concerned for him. You want maybe a tool for that? You know what? If I was to pick the one person on the islands who would be the best archaeologist, it would be Jack. Really? Why is he, that? He excavated some other areas before, mm -hmm. um, and he was very meticulous, very aware aware and took his believe it or not took his time with the trowel and was really really impressive oh wow Jack attack. he's a and he'll, sit there, and he'll sit there for two hours and do it wow yeah that's great yeah you know uh Deidre jokes often that like there's these uh these gardening gloves that mm -hmm. are on that you can get on amazon and they have like these uh uh, Built-in claws. Built-in claws, and she's like, she wants to get some of those and send them to Jack because <laughs> they're like the tool of choice for him. But no, if he can use a trowel, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he has. 
we didn't we haven't had Gary use one yet. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he wants everybody else to do the digging for him, That's so right. he's comfortable with just uh, you know. He he finds the stuff though. <laughs> all right. Well, that's cool. So, all right. So now that you're just you know a big giant TV star, what's next for you? Are you we envision a spinoff series with you leading a team with Gary, Billy, Carmen Leg, and you guys are all out there, you know, finding stuff and rendering all sorts of opinions. What do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be really difficult to top Oak Island. I'll tell you. You know, it's, I'm not. Uh, I'm not envisioning a spinoff for me. <laughs> Gary, maybe. Yeah, people are people really want a Gary Drain show. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Carmen Leg, he's been a fun part of this season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's uh, just a wealth of knowledge. Everybody keeps saying so. It's uh, fun that you guys go and, or at least members of the team go to his black blacksmithing shop to get things checked out. Have you ever gone there? Not not for the not for the program. Yeah. I've, I've been there before. I may drive by it, you know, going to Acadia and things like that. But no, I haven't. Uh, he's he's actually been to the island, as you saw in at least one of the war rooms. Yeah, we saw him on the island once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he's not bad. <laughs> Just like yeah. everybody else, right? Everybody else isn't bad. Except for that Scott Barlow guy. Got to watch out for him. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah. uh, we always kind of say he seems like the one that's going to play the practical jokes on everybody so right because he's kind of quiet and yeah it's sneaky sneaky <laughs> well with the season finale i'm very curious to ask you what your thoughts are on this toonie uh marty's toonie if you will and what that means for this next year yeah i didn't actually get a chance to see the season finale mm-hmm. well we saw a toonie Right. And my, my understanding is that he put it in, was it two years ago? Correct. Yeah, into the, the small H8, the micro case on. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and, and it drifted. Yeah. Yep, 10 feet. Yeah, which is pretty good. So they, they used a tool, I'm going to forget what it's called, and they were able to actually track the drift of all the, all the holes this year. Oh, wow. oh, cool. Yeah, so 10 feet is, was actually pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Like, I mean... To me, when I think about the money pit, I'm not thinking about like the water and the like any kind of current underground. I'm just thinking like it's all mud, basically mm-hmm. in my brain, mud and rock. So it really didn't occur to me that things would be moving so much or so fluid down there. So that was kind of a kind of a shock. No, and I, I that was my initial impression as well that that those things just went straight down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know there was one occasion I'm going to forget because I'm not a money pit person. I stay away from that if I can. <laughs> um, but there was one point where they thought they hit the north wall of something. And when Steve went back and plotted it, they actually hit the south wall. Oh, um, interesting. Drifts. It drifts that much. But it's all plotted now, which is pretty yeah. cool. I know uh, Steve Guptill has been a, a really great addition. I think, you know, everything mm-hmm. is, you got everything so pinpointed on all those maps they show on the show. It's great. Yeah. He's a great addition, but we need like three of them because he was supposed to work with me at the ball foundation, but he kept getting called away. So uh, <laughs> walks around with his big stick, getting too busy to mark stuff, man. That's right. Yeah. You should have given uh, Steve Guptill the power to replicate himself seriously on, on his superhero card. Huh? That's yeah. true. <laughs> well it's just funny that you didn't have a dedicated survey, survey guy until i guess last season yeah right and then uh until like season six he showed up at the end of the year but you know now you rely on him so much everybody wants him mm-hmm. he's the keeper of the data right he's <laughs> not going anywhere that's cool i think he needs an apprentice to like <laughs> follow him around and mark things might slow him down though yeah that's true so uh, one of the fan favorites is uh, Billy Gerhardt. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. He's, uh, I don't know, he's just worked his way into everybody's hearts. And there, I'll tell you, the Gerhardt crew is there when I get there. So at 7.30 in the morning. And when I leave at 6 or 7, they're still working. Confirmed. I, we I knew, knew it. it. <laughs> <laughs> We'd always say, yeah, we bet you Billy's the first one there and he's the last one to leave. Confirmed. Yep. And, and, and. He's there before filming, and he's there well after filming as well. That's fine. That's cool. We figured he would be the one to peg for always a half an hour early to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
<laughs> owns cool. the keys to the causeway, you know. Yeah, that guy. And it's really funny. My, my mother's maiden name is Gerhardt. Mm. Oh, you guys related? No, we're not. He was his family was in Nova Scotia in the 1750s. So. Oh, a wow. long time ago. Wow, crazy. That's cool. What else we got? All right, you're not a money pit guy, but it looked like in the finale. I know you haven't seen it yet. They that potentially next seasons are going to be very money pit heavy. Well, actually, the way I interpreted it, because they're they're talking about the big dig, right? Correct. And the way that I've interpreted it is like, hey, they're going to probably put a lot of resources there. But, I mean, a TV show would kind of be a little bit boring if all they did was focus on one big pit in the money pit. So, I mean, they're going to have Laird doing a lot of stuff over <laughs> on you know, the Ball Foundation or Smith's Cove or who knows, maybe they'll go up to the Mega Bin again, right? Yeah. Who the heck knows? I'll be the diversion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while they're uh, scooping out a whole lot of earth. Well, it's funny. My, my biggest problem with the money pit is they're looking for a horizontal shaft by digging horizontal tests, right? And that's uh, kind of anti-archaeological. Um, yes. No. <laughs> it's the technology that they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it were your choice, how would you do it? I would take the topsoil off in big layers and find the tops of the shaft. You don't need to find the bottoms of the shafts. You just need to find the tops of the shafts, right? Yeah. And what's at the bottom of them? <laughs> well, what's right. underneath? That, you can do that later. <laughs> yes, yes. Now <laughs> find the money pit by identifying different shafts. Yeah. It's no. better to take take the overburden off and figure it out from there. Makes sense to me. Yeah, they didn't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> well. You know what? I think uh, I think there might be a chance, you know, because what's happening in the world right now with everybody being like on lockdown mm -hmm. and Rick and Marty, they can't come to Nova Scotia right now. Right. So I think yeah. they might just kind of teleconference. Yeah. Well, they need to they need to just teleconference in you, Scott Barlow, Steve Guptill, Billy, mm -hmm. everybody that lives uh, in the area. Just you guys go do the work and you could be like, hey, Marty, that didn't work out. So we started doing the, uh, you know, excavating the money pit my way. <laughs> Well, true. I mean, I the, I think the transition is probably going to start something like that. I'm not sure we're going to get free reign to <laughs> go after the money. But. I can always cross my fingers for you. Right. So, I mean, the Copper Dam came out of Smith's Cove. Are we done there for a while? I think that, so an interesting anecdote, apparently when they put the Copper Dam in originally, mm -hmm. so last year, Apparently, Dan Blankenship came out and looked at it and said, oh, that's neat, but you should have put it 50 feet up further, <laughs> which is what they did this year, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. That 50 feet, it drops off really, really suddenly. Okay. So everything that was in Smith's Cove has been excavated. Okay. The near store, that's all been excavated. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know. I when they put in the bump out this year, I didn't know what to expect. And I definitely wasn't, uh, it's something, what we dubbed it was uh, Mike's box. Right. You know, because Mike Jardine was the first yeah. one to go out there and notice, hey, what is that out there? Like, is there any idea? Was that kind of just a, you know, how it, it looked like a couple of layers, um, kind of looked like what they described the original money pit to look like where there was a, a platform of logs and then maybe a way an area to put a ladder down to the next platform of logs or whatever is there anything behind that or to that or is that like was it who knows what it was <laughs> we, we actually did notice it when they first put the cofferdam in mm -hmm. right so two years ago yeah uh, because they they actually hit it with part of the cofferdam oh gotcha oh, okay um so it's not mike's box okay <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. It's a double box. It's they're two. Yes. But no, they're more like they're more like searcher shafts. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. They were notched 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 logs um made into boxes. So like one of the other crazy things we saw at Smith's Cove, not this past season, but the season before was a concrete wall. And then they never came back to it. But I think yeah. they mentioned it once this year, but I mean, come on, that's not like that's not super old. So No, that that we're quite certain because it had plastic. It had PVC pipes going through it. Right? Oh, okay. 
<laughs> We're pretty sure it's related to Hedden's uh, wharf there in the 1930s. Gotcha. Dan Dan Blankenship actually um, had uncovered it in the seven in 1970. He he doesn't mention it, but if you look at the photographs of the area, you can clearly see that he did. Gotcha. He obviously didn't see it as anything significant, so he just it didn't register. Gotcha. Who do you think did like the most searcher work, like modern, like Hedden or? you know, Blankenship or like who did the most work out there in Smith's Cove? Cause you said the, the wall is likely head in the concrete wall. I mean, did he just have like a huge, you know, he had a wharf and uh, the concrete wall, some sort of, he had some sort of plan there. <laughs> oh, that was just Smith's Cove is where they brought all their equipment into. Oh, okay. That's what that was all for. Supplies you needed. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So no, Dan, Blank- Dan Blankenship was the one who definitely did all of the work in Smith's Cove. Okay. Because when we uncovered the U-shaped structure for the second time, mm-hmm. it was basically exactly like Dan found it, right? Yeah, it was amazing. And it's still there. Still there, more or less, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little less from that testing. Well, you got some samples, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty neat stuff. Like, you know, the dates coming off that. So dendrochronology is super reliable, right? It is. It depends on the database you have to draw from. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're, we have some good dates in Nova Scotia for that time period. That's cool. It's just funny that like, a year ago, dendrochronology was not in my vocabulary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's fun to think about the things that we learned from this show. No, it's true. And, and that's kind of how I feel about, you know, yes, some Nova Scotia archaeologists aren't happy that I'm on the show. But then again, we have Nova Scotia archaeology getting exposed to three million people every week. Right. Mm hmm. And if you go to the state and you say you're from Nova Scotia, the first thing they ask you is, or the first thing they say is Oak Island. Right. Right. And I guess they're just talking about you. <laughs> oh, <of course. laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. What about, I don't know, I wanted to go into a little bit more about the swamp and everything that's going on there. Because we had the giant, what we called at the beginning of the year, the ship-shaped structure. And we cored it. We didn't get anything out. Any any more swamp opinions? It's not a ship. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that the swamp was two islands? Like, uh, I, I know Tony Sampson's really on that, mm-hmm. uh, of that opinion. No, I think what I think Ian Spooner has concluded that um, around the paved area was at one point land. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so they were connected a long time ago. Okay, so it might have just been like a deeper inlet there? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, cool. Before Swamp Road. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah, I, I, I'm really happy with all the work done on the Swamp this year because we started our podcast in season six. And on the first episode, we had said, or Marty had brought up the big three. You know, mm-hmm. he wanted to really get to the bottom of the, the Money Pits, Miss Cove, and the Swamp. And then nothing was done in the Swamp that season. And yeah. so it's really fun to see you guys really dig into it this year. Yeah, but it's funny because Ian Spooner was there just to take a few core samples and look at the uh, organics within the core sample to determine how the swamp was formed. Mm-hmm. And he never, well, he never left. And then he found the paved area and then the uh, eye of the swamp where it looks like they were scooping out clay. Yeah, well, crazy stuff. I'm excited to see what you guys keep doing uh, on the island. But I mean, who knows what's going to happen, like we yeah. said, with uh, getting back up, up there. But yeah. well, I know production's in a hurry to get back. But Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, we were supposed to be up there uh, mid-May, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, for obvious reasons, um, that got canceled. Yeah, we had, we had a tour planned, or, you know, we got one of the, the tour tickets, right, mm-hmm. for the pair of us to go on the, the Oak Island uh, tour with the 50 people, I think. And uh, we're really sad that we're not going to be able to do it, but hey. Couldn't have planned this. That's life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully June, July, fingers crossed, something will happen. Yeah, Yeah, we're crossing our fingers too. I mean, uh, if more tickets even go on sale later in the year, maybe we'll try to snag them and come toward the end of the year because we want to go so bad. Yep. (laughs) And it's a great tour. People love it. Well, just Nova Scotia, you know, it's a beautiful place. And there's a, you know, we're treasure hunters, right? So there's this treasure that's in, on uh, Mount Desert Island in Maine. And we think we'd hit that as well while we're in the book. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
So like we live in Washington state way far away, so it's not easy to get out there. But if we're going to go to Oak Island, we might as well hit a couple treasures on the way. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I uh, promise we're respectful treasure hunters. We don't destroy <laughs> areas. Yeah, right. Totally. So just uh, one more thing that came into my mind just now. There was a lot of work done this season in the uh, Uplands area. That's, that was like a new area to viewers. We hadn't heard much about that area kind of between Smith's Cove and the Money Pit, looking down at uh, depth, trying to find the uh, flood, flood tunnel, tunnel system, right? Yeah. They found some like dynamite. They found, <laughs> uh, you know, like they found they found a lot of neat things. Uh, you have any opinion about that's kind of the, the things they found in that area? Uh, one of the running jokes was at Jack that uh, they found Shaft 5 again. I think he found Shaft 5 three times in that dig. <laughs> he's going five for five right. wow. I, uh, I only got parachuted in to look at certain things at that uh, in that area um i think everything they found was searcher that was just about just below the uh, cave-in pit right so it was becoming an area i really didn't want to go to look at because it was was pretty dangerous gotcha yeah yeah there's some big holes there they brought in that really big scoop uh, yeah. the big you know, the giant excavator. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Like when I think about you on Oak Island, I think, man, it must be a rough job because these guys, you know, how much has already been done on Oak Island in the past, you know, 200 years, you know, it's all a hodgepodge of whatever in the money pit. So um, it makes me feel really happy for you that you have such uh, things that you can focus on, like the Ball Foundation, like McGinnis Foundation, like some of the stuff that's been untouched in the swamp. There's been a lot of stuff in Smith's Cove, but it sounds like you have fun there, too. So Yeah, it's funny. One of the, the thing that wasn't shown about the Shatner uh, episode was that he just laid into me. He said, I've seen archaeological sites before, and I can't believe you let these guys do this stuff and blah, blah. <laughs> But he oh. didn't. Come out, he didn't come out to look at, at the Ball Foundation where we were working at the time. So. <laughs> With uh, the test pits. And- yeah. yeah, it's just funny. Like for us, we realized that the money pits just been dug to death over the past two hundred years. I mean, what's there left to preserve? Right? It's all just a hodgepodge of just everything. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 not my favorite area. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I can see why it would be a real challenge. Yeah. Well, like we were saying earlier, Deidre was all about you going back to the Ball Foundation. We're happy that that's your happy place and that you get to do some stuff there. It was my having, and the crew loved it because the crew had come from the chaos of the money pit to the Ball Foundation. They'd just go, oh, <laughs> quiet. And it was peaceful and things didn't happen frenetically. You know, it was nice. <laughs> I, Imagine it's a very different feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, archaeology, production was really good at letting me do my thing without being filmed because it's a slow process, right? Yeah. And check in every once in a while, but uh, it's not a lot of exciting things go on in archaeology necessarily. Well, you had you, you got a, a tag team partner out there the last few episodes of Kelly Barasa, right? Yeah, no, Kelly was great. Kelly had done archaeology before, so you could leave him to his own devices and not have to worry, which is good because, you know, I'd work for an hour or so and then I'd get called to the money pit or the swamp or somewhere and I'd be gone for the rest of the day. So it was important to have someone like that. Do you think he'll be around next season? I actually don't know. I don't know what they have planned for next season. Uh, Fingers crossed, right? Yep. Yep. It's always good to have a buddy. (laughs) Come on, like, you know, that's like kind of some tedious work, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's good to have somebody to... Well, apparently Jack is good at it. Is there anybody else that might have some archaeological chops that you would uh, bring into your inner circle there? Charles tried. Um, (laughs) He tried? But I don't think he was patient enough. Ah. Uh, Alex just claimed he wouldn't be patient enough to do it, which I'm not not 100% sure about that. Uh, Gary didn't volunteer. Oh, that's... (laughs) That's not gonna be his jam, I don't think. Yeah, it was kind of funny. The, the first, the first couple times you showed up, what was that? Season four, season yeah. five, four. Yeah, and then uh, like Gary would be uh, doing his thing, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, let's bring Laird." And he's Look, like, "Let's oh, call come Laird." On. He roll his <laughs> eyes. Someone asked me the question about whether we, you know, get introduced beforehand and all this stuff, and and with Gary, I just met him in the parking lot, you know, with Rick and Marty, and. We went off to lot 24, and I was 
put there by the province to monitor what he was doing and record everything that he dug up and then stop them when I felt things were being compromised. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize at the time that Gary was not happy at all. Wasn't he? Oh. Was there, and then I was watching what he was doing. Uh, I, he'd had a hard time from archaeologists before. Okay. Um, so at the end of the day, he came up to me and said, you know what, you're the coolest archaeologist I've ever met. Let him do his thing, right? That's, yeah, wow. Yeah, I could, you could see when he was a little not so thrilled for an all stop. Yeah, yeah. And he, he just wants to do his thing. Well, it's funny now, he'll stop certain points that you know what we need to call Laird in. Good. Yeah, see cool. team player right there. Yep. Things have flipped around. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. I mean, that's what you got here. Well just Laird got into into his mind and he's like, you know what? This his is, mind and in his heart. In, into he's, his mind, into his heart. <laughs> <laughs> so we know Gary wouldn't be a good archaeologist. It sounds like, <laughs> you know, it's gonna take a while to find another one for you. Yeah, it might. It might. <laughs> I keep seeing calls for Josh Gates to go up to right? uh, Nova Scotia to work with you guys, but I think he's a little busy with his own projects. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of I kind of want to see Robert Clotworthy come up and visit. Oh man, we love Robert Clotworthy. Yeah. What do you think he'd be up for it? I don't know. I would hope so. Uh, you know, he told us uh, cuz we 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 don't like talk to him or anything. We just we tweet at him and he tweets back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he told us uh, in a tweet once that he has never met, you know, the fellowship and he'd love to. Yeah. Oh, no. I think, yeah, I think that's that's not right. Right. That's, you know, they were going to have History Con uh, actually this in April and it yeah. got canceled, of course, unfortunately. And I think he was going to be there. And I know Rick and Marty were going to be there. And so, I mean, that could have been the beginning of something really moment. special where oh, Robert yeah. does the uh, uh, the narration from the island. <laughs> We could do it live. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, God, live would be neat. Yeah. yeah that's, he, that's how we got our the name of our podcast, you know, because he's, he's a famous could it be guy. And so our <laughs> podcast is could it be an Oak Island podcast. Naturally. So. <laughs> what if he just followed you around the island and like narrated you as he did stuff? That would be quite awkward. <laughs> awkward? I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> Get uh, uh, like live play by play. That'd be sweet. Well, we get that anyway with the producers, right? So. Right. <laughs> yeah, so like in our normal podcast, we have a, like we almost end every podcast with something we call the clotworthy moment. And a clotworthy moment is one of his one of his dramatic sayings, you know, mm-hmm. like axe cut wood or what else does he say? Yeah. He says Se- axe cut wood a lot. Secret recipes written in code. And then we, we have two of them that we pit against each other and they'll ha- we have our listeners vote on the winner and so the next week we play the winner mm-hmm. <laughs> we have lots of fun with robert clotworthy yep oh yeah I, I, yeah whenever he says something particularly on the edge just, i look at my wife and she just shakes her head <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's in the script he's got to do what the script says yeah you know? no, <laughs> so do you watch the show when it airs live or are you like a you don't want to watch yourself on TV type of person. No, I we watch it tape, taped. We watch oh. it in the yard. Yeah. That's cool. I know. I think uh, Rick doesn't watch it, but Marty does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yes. It's, own, right? it's interesting just to see, you know, what they do with what you say. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I know I was joking at the Ball Foundation once. There's a there's an entrance to the root cellar and I. I kind of went, wow, there's just enough room here to get a treasure chest down. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing full well that they could use that because it was fake. And what they did with it was we were standing with the GPR people, Steve Watson, Uh and I had my back. And they they had a graphic, you know, of this, uh, of the void that he saw. And in my book, you could hear, there's enough room for a treasure chest. <laughs> yep, they yep. actually dubbed me in there. <laughs> do, you, do you hate that or you think it's funny or whatever? Oh, I knew what I was doing when I did it at the time. So that was yeah. some fun. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, it's it. You know, it's a heavily edited show. You know, it's just it's just it's part of life. You know, thousands of hours to make a t- one hour TV show. So, I mean, oh, my introduction to Oak Island was coming out in my shorts and sneakers. <laughs> to look at to look at uh, 
at the uh, Xena's um, hatch. That's when I learned that you don't go out there and just talk to them. You'll go out there and are filmed. So, yes, they film absolutely everything. But you know what? Production people, I know people give them a hard time, but they're the hardest working people on the whole island. Yeah. They don't stop. Good. It's amazing what production can do. Yeah, they, they work nonstop. Well, you know, they have the most successful TV show on, on cable, so they might as well. They're doing something right. Yeah, they're, they're, they got to they gotta keep it up, right? They don't want to be passed by somebody else. They got to keep it interesting. And they have to work with what's found, so, right? Absolutely. So, the hatch. <laughs> now, are you, a, are you a Lost fan? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, see, now you must go watch Lost because we were asking, because the hatch is a big deal in that. In Lost. Yeah. In Lost, and it's on an island, the Atlantic. <laughs> no, in the Pacific. In the Pacific, whatever, <laughs> it moves. So it does move. There's, there's a hatch on said island as well. I don't know. It was feeling like a real-life Lost moment when you guys went out looking for the hatch, but guess not. No, no, Dan Blankenship dug that one. Mm. Uh, sorry, Dan Hensky dug that Gotcha. Mm. It's just, it's, that map was just, it, it seems too good to be true, but it's fun to imagine it being true. Yeah. It's just, it, it's what I, so I, everything I submit gets peer reviewed, right? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I need a real map. You know what I mean? I need yeah, to see yeah. real stuff. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Makes complete sense. All right. So uh, did we miss anything that you wanted to touch upon? No, I don't think so. I think I got the uh, I don't work for the Canadian government in there. That's that's the main thing, right? <laughs> there are private. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a spy. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that's Charles. OK, well, that's let's see. <laughs> <laughs> that or rumor has it. Yeah. You will. We, we tease uh, Ch Charles all the time on our podcast. He's one of our favorite characters on the show. Cast. He's one of our favorite cast members. Sorry, they're you guys not aren't characters. characters. They're bad. not made of people. <laughs> he might be. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on our first trading card series, he's called the Keeper of Secrets, and he is actually uh, making sure the treasure doesn't get found. And he is—he was placed on the island by the Knights Templar, where he guards the treasures, and one of them is the Philosopher's Stone, which allows him to. Uh, be immortal. So that's like each card has a little story on the back. That's part yeah. of his. <laughs> so apparently he's uh, immortal. Sorry. I said apparently he's immortal. <laughs> Which is really funny when you see him in the foodway in Chester buying groceries. But <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. All right. Well, I think uh, that's about it. Uh, we just, you know, Laird. Thank you so much for giving us any time and this yes. much time. You know, we really appreciate you coming on our podcast and giving our. Listeners, you know, something to something to pass the time between now and next, well, probably November when the series <laughs> resumes. They're probably going to listen to this 100 times to parse every word. So, right. you know, we just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to do it. It's my pleasure. It's been great. Thank you. And how cool was that? Wow. Yeah. Laird, Nevin, on our podcast. Woohoo. I, I actually can't believe that we just spoke to him. Yeah. Well. That was awesome. Thank you so much, Laird. We cannot, uh, we can't express, you know, what that meant to us. So thank you. Yes, 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 yes. So if you are new to the podcast, how do they find more of us? Well, you can go to facebook.com slash Oak Island podcast to follow all of our uh, adventures and our live shows. Yeah, we got so much stuff that happens every week. We do a live pregame show before the Curse of Oak Island airs on Tuesday nights. You know, the season's over now, but we have two more episodes coming up of our pregame live shows on Tuesdays before the Drilling Down special. So this Tuesday we have the Drilling Down special. Yeah, and then uh, the following week we have a Drilling Down episode about the Founding Fathers. Yeah, About that theory. Cool. So yeah, that'll be fun. So we'll be here to do pregame live streams for that stuff. And then on Friday nights we have our trivia live streams yes. where we do Oak Island and general trivia questions and we give out prizes to the winners. So please come and find us on, you know, one more time at facebook.com slash Oak Island podcast. And you can participate in our live streams and possibly win some great prizes. Yes. You can also connect with us on Instagram. We're at Oak Island podcast and you can find us on Twitter at Oak Island pod. 
That was awesome. It was Loved awesome. It. And guess what? What? We've got more good stuff coming. Shh. It's a secret. It's a secret. No, we got good stuff. So subscribe, like our videos and stuff. Share us with any of your friends that may like the Curse of Oak Island, right? Yep. And uh, oh, one more place you could contact us. You could go, you can send us an email. Yeah, so that's at oakislandpodcast at gmail.com. You have uh, any questions, comments, send them on over. Oh, we did mention our trading cards in the interview. Yes. If you're interested in taking a look at them, you can look at them at our website, oakislandpodcast.com, or you can uh, support us through patreon.com slash oakislandpodcast. And our patrons get those trading cards mailed to them each and every month. No additional charge, just you showing us your support on patreon we send those to you as a thank you six new cards every month every single month and they're a lot of fun and people love them and you will too you bet so until next time could it be do you want to trowel